Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Yes, indeed. It is the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Hey. Reginald Datatuli here with you alongside the three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold. Got you down. Chris Strong on the ones and twos, and you rocking with us here on Tuesday on 105.3 The Fan. Appreciate you rocking with us. And always, always, always get involved with the program by texting in to the truckwreck.com text line. That number is 877-881-1053. Um, again, 877-881-1053. It's, uh, I believe that we are in intermission at the AAC and your stars are down 2-1 to one to the Montreal Canadiens. Again, your goal scorer, Jamie Benn, uh, Wyatt Johnston with the, um, with the assist. And it looks like we're getting ready to get into the second period. Um, not, not a great Canadiens team, so you really imagine that the stars should be able to get on top in this one. Scott Wedgwood between the pipes, if you were not familiar. Um, and again, we'll keep you up to date with what's happening there. Um, but your Dallas Cowboys made a transaction today, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Help is on the way. Yes, sir. It's Lyle Collins. Um, er, we found out, I think it was earlier today that we had heard about this, actually. that Yeah, he was in the building. That's right. Lyle Collins uh, was, was working out with the team, as was another former Cowboy. Damian Wilson. Damian Wilson, who is a linebacker. Obviously, mm-hmm. another position that is very much in need. But Lyle Collins, an offensive tackle, is very important when you consider the way that this offensive line is battered a little bit, the ways in which the, they've, they've had some injuries and the ways mm-hmm. that they're just kind of nicks and bruises. And Lyle Collins ultimately is joining the practice squad. Now, you remember Lyle Collins' season last year ended with him uh, tearing rather both his ACL and his MCL. Yeah, with the uh, Bengals. Yeah, and so he hasn't played since. Do you think that this this move, bringing him into the practice squad, is going to mean anything tangible for your Cowboys? It can only help them in case of depth. And the reason why it can help them in case of depth is you know Tyron might get hurt. You know, Zach Martin could get hurt. Because I'm talking about players just recently getting hurt. You know there's no real depth on that offensive line, and you don't necessarily trust the guys who are still there on the as the as far as backups are concerned. The reason why Lyle Collins could make sense in case of an emergency, in other words, break glass in case of emergency, is because when they got him, he could have been a top ten pick when they got him out of free agency. And Jerry, Jerry Jones got him. He is, he started his career as a left guard Mm -hmm. with the Cowboys. Yeah. So you know he can play on that side of the ball. In other words, let's say if Tyron goes down, you know, you might kick him over there. I've never thought, put it like this, it can't hurt at all 
because he knows how to play both sides of the line. I'm not saying he's going to be an all pro and no. It, put it like this. He knows the tricks of the trade. He's not some rookie. He's not some guy that never gets any snaps. And he, he, he's not totally a vagabond. Uh, one of the reasons the Cowboys let him go, they, they signed with a big $50 million contract. Yeah. And then, uh, you, you know the story, he wouldn't pee in the pee cup for the, for the guy. He's like, I already peed in the pee cup. I thought he would be able to keep his job because he is really tight friends with Dak Prescott, their fishing buddy. Mm-hmm. And Louisiana just, boys. Yes, exactly. So I thought, you know, it might it, it might work out. And it did. He goes to Cincinnati and then he tore up his knees. And then, just like you were saying, this past year, he wasn't he was always hurt. So that's the way it went. Yeah. Um ultimately I think you're right. Like also getting into playing shape is a thing. And so he's on the practice squad. He'll have the opportunity to do that. But again, um, I know Tyler Smith is dealing with mm-hmm. the torn plantar fascia. That's the other thing they at left guard. See. But I think but they the, said the likes of well, let's go who they brought up to the active roster. Let's, the let's likes of it. TJ Bass, who played really good right? in his stead at let's, guard. Let's go back to Tyler real quick to okay. clear some things up for those who know about plantar fasciitis. If you have a tear, it takes a while to get back. He completely tore it off, and the doctors say it's better that way. Believe it or not, to it heals quicker, and he can actually play. Uh, I guess wash it. In other words, you don't miss time if it's torn off. If it's well, torn you'll, you'll, slightly, you'll definitely miss less time. I'm not sure. It will, it'll be kind of a pain management t- thing exactly. to see if he can it's play. All about the pain again against Washington, but it the can pain get worse. Supposedly, the pain is more manageable with the full tear as opposed mm-hmm. to a partial tear. And the only reason I'm thinking Lyle might be able to help them in case of emergency is they would not have brought him back if it was bad blood. In other words, the way he left, it was like he wasn't in shape. He wouldn't pee in the cup. Yeah, you know, all these different things. It's like, wait a minute, did he burn the bridge as well? You follow me? Mm-hmm. And apparently, he, the bridge didn't burn because he's back on the practice squad, not to do anything. I just look at it as a break the glass. I wish the Cowboys would do more. I wish they had done more at the uh, for, at the uh, at the uh, trade deadline. I looked at the Rangers as a as a case in point. Mm-hmm. You bolster a lineup if you think you're going somewhere. You bolster it. Sure. You don't just sit tight. I do wonder how easy it is to, in fact, bolster an offensive line, though, because there's just not enough of those to go around. Exactly. And so I don't know that there are teams that are like, here, let's give you some of this very valuable resource uh, without extracting a premium. But anyways, Lyle Collins back in the star. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... It, I, it, I imagine heard. that there's some there's some things that have gone wrong if you have to see him on the field, but also it's nice to know that he's there in case you need him. Exactly. Just break the glass in case of emergency. We don't have a word on Damian Wilson yet, what they're going to do with that. Um, and again, the other yeah, – we got hash uh, – 214, all caps. Dalva Cook! I'm just saying, I don't know. I, I really – I had – I wanted him last summer if they weren't going to sign Zeke. Once Zeke went to uh, New England, I was like, okay, bring him in here. I don't know what he's got left. You have to have somebody actually from the Jets tell you what what happened because I don't know if they weren't giving the ball enough. If you look just by the stats alone, this year he had a very bad year, and sometimes running backs, they fall off that cliff. I'm not saying he did because I was impressed with what he was doing in Minnesota. I knew it was a money cut, but he was a starter. He was looking good. In my mind, like you were saying, Reg, he didn't look that good, but he was still solid in Minnesota. Well, now moving away from, you know, the, the additions that the Cowboys have made, let's go back to Cowboys Lions where one of the biggest talking points out of this was the very end of the game where there's the Lions have scored a touchdown to bring them within one. It's 20 to 19 and now they've opted to go for two as opposed to kick the extra point and try and play in for overtime. 
In that situation, they run out here to do this trick play, and we all understand this, right? Uh, actually, we have the audio. If mm-hmm. you if you hear this, it is uh, cut four. If you could play that for me, Chris. Play fake, looking left, throwing in the end zone, and it's the offensive lineman who just came in. Dan Skipper had come in, and he played tackle, and the, the regular starting tackle, Taylor Decker, caught the pass for two. And as spotter Jay Goldberg points out, they announced Skipper as eligible. We got another flag coming out now. I think it's against Dallas. Maybe not. Cowboys are applauding. Illegal touching by number 68. Oh, well. I think by now most people know the the shenanigans of this situation, but you you have the tackle, the sixth lineman that comes in, and they have this play. It's done all the time. He comes in. Eligible. He's supposed to report to uh, Brad Allen, the chief of this, you know, mm-hmm. officiating crew, as eligible. And they believe that he does that. Now, of course, they send out the right tackle as well to, you know, kind of give a little bit of a subterfuge. And Br- Brad Allen announces the eligible receiver as number 70, one of the linemen that is not in that scrum. It's We have video now. I know Dan Campbell has explained that mm-hmm. he goes and talks to the ref crews ahead of time to let them know, hey, this is something to look out for in the future. We will make this They've player eligible. they play for a while. So it's in their bag of tricks. There's just a whole bunch of things, and ultimately this kind of falls back to Brad Allen in his referee report. He's he said that you know he, his, his claim is pretty – obviously debunked by the video and all the various people that we've talked to. And Mm -hmm. so the thing that we ultimately come to is this is a problem with the referees and what they did. And I'll let Adam Schefter talk about this in Cut 29. This is Adam Schefter on Brad Allen and his crew and what this means. Well, it is not the first time that Brad Allen's crew has made a high-profile error this season. They are regarded as a good crew. He's a good official. But there have been any number of missed calls, including this one at the end of the game, where there was no pass interference called when clearly there was. And this was not called. There are other instances throughout the course of the year that the Brad Allen crew did not make. We could go through and we've done this already on ESPN.com. Basically, I could tell you this. In the postseason, it's going to be mixed crews. A large part of Brad Allen's crew is not going to be officiating in the postseason. They're going to get downgraded. And the chances are that many of them are not going to be involved in the postseason. Because the league has a huge issue here where there's a controversy over officiating. No matter who's right and who's wrong, it's Sunday morning of week 17. And we're talking about whether the officials got a call right that threatens to impact the entire playoff picture. It's ridiculous. And there have been way, way too many instances of this this year and there are a lot of teams that are pissed off. Yeah, that that crew is going to be broke up. They're not going to be uh, officiating games in the playoffs. But I'm not going to blame that crew for that particular call against the Detroit Lions. And I love Dan Campbell, but that's all on the Lions. That's all on them because they were trying to be slick. They were trying to be not obvious with the tackle eligible in front of the Cowboys. In other words... They've been planning this all season long mm-hmm. to run this play, but part of their play was to pretend 70 is saying he's eligible, but 68's the one that really is. And so you heard it on our on our broadcast. You heard the referee say 70 eligible. Well, yes, that was he part said, of, 
But apparently, the the seventy wasn't even the one that came exactly. to Brad Allen. Exactly, that's what I'm talking about. And so, yes, there was a level of trying to. They're trying to. They're trying to make it not obvious to sure. the Cowboys to get because if Cowboys were looking for the guy that's eligible, they'd have had somebody ready for him. And I mean, she, it was just. And, and so these this, these officials knowing that they're raggedy this year, knowing what they just said about seventy eligible, they had to stick with it. Sure, sure. I mean, like, look, man. But I, I think the, I'm not saying they were right, but that's what they did. And it's very evident, right? We've we've been able to patch this together that this was a mistake by Brad Allen. It was right. Then the reason why, and I'll take this to the text line because again, I understand that people hear this and they hear this as the Cowboys were gifted something, and that's not even the place that I am particularly coming from because on the text line. Um, from the 972, they said they had the tripping call wrong um, when they, you know, penalized. I think they exactly. called number 89, Peyton Hendershot, yes. for a tripping call. I think those ones ultimately, for me, strike me as like, um, well, that one was just flat out wrong, right? It was totally wrong. In fact, but that t- changed the game. That flipped the game. Right, and so there's a lot of things where it's like, okay, there's a pass interference that they don't call. Those end up being judgment calls. But I think one of the things that we saw in this game, and we're seeing more and more from officials, is not judgment calls. We're seeing them get procedure wrong. And as a ref, yes, like the penalties and aspects is, is the part that we think about. But ultimately, their job, first and foremost, is to administer the game. And if this is a basic tenet of administering the game that they got wrong. And so with that being the case, like I think that's the big issue that you have here, right? Is that you are actively not allowing a fair playing field. Not even just like, oh, you're being impartial. This is not, you're not allowing the playing, you know, apparatus of the game uh-huh. to exist because of the officials and the tough part about it is uh someone mentioned earlier on the text line the nfl said that the lions were wrong in this and yeah i kind of understand were. the incentive that they have to say that because of the ways in which this is collectively bargained when it comes to the refs but ultimately this is a bad look on the nfl because you need your refs to at least give a flat operation situation where you know that this operation is going to work and if we can't even go through the regular basis of the rules say you know this person is made eligible and you need to do that and you do your part and it's not it's not operated or it's not uh, seen through by the officials Mm -hmm. who are in this in this instance an extension of the nfl that's a real big problem in trying to get a game going. yeah and i'm gonna say both situations are, are true both it was the Lions' fault they got it wrong, and the referees are screwing things. Both are true. Because, again, earlier in the game, the tripping call, that literally flipped the game. Because you should, that penalty, should, that backed the Cowboys up. And it's, it's like they would have run the clock out. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, I'm talking about when we go back down to that two point conversion, and the Lions were stupid for not kicking the extra point and sending it to overtime once it, it was ruled illegal. They had been plotting this up, and they wanted the refs to play along with them. They would say, low-key, 68 the one's going to be eligible. 70 is going to act like it in front of the Cowboys. That's why the NFL said it's the Lions' fault. And that's why I, and I'm going back to the uh, they interviewed 68 and 70 in the locker room after the game. They were both mad. And they were saying, without saying it, I did what I was supposed to do. Yeah, I kind of did. I'm like, why are they hedging? And then the report comes out. So, again, I'm looking at the Lions like, dude, y'all tried to be cute and got caught because the refs either forgot to play the game along with you and tricked the Cowboys or not. But this crew right here, they're dog mess. They're dog S. And they're 
a black eye on all these referees this season. But you're right. The NFL needs to go ahead and do what they should have been doing for the last 50 years, which is pay these refs year-round instead of have them referee in their offseason job. Well, the tough thing about that as a point is that we talk about them being part-time and we immediately kind of our minds go to, you know, getting paid $750 an hour or what have you. They're paid six figures when it yeah, comes to this, but that part-time moniker isn't obviously like they're getting paid well to do this job. It's not like, oh, well, they're not full-time. I'm not and even talking about the money. Round. I'm talking about year-round focus on this. Not, I'm talking about the focus. I'm talking about you shouldn't be worried about, you know, in February I got to do some some IRS stuff because I'm an accountant for real. Well, one thing I'll ask you is because I hear you on that, but if you are focused, if you're full time, however, you still have what three months out of the year where you're not working, you're still likely to go get some more money anyways, right? If that time is available to you, if you're making six figures, why would you? Because people still like money. My whole point is, if you're working for the league year round, they should have it in your contract. You can only do so much. If you're under contract, there's only so much you can do. You can't. Take every take on every job you might want if you decide to sign this contract to be as whatever the thing is, whether it's a player, an official, whatever. It's like a player saying, I, I might as well get some more money doing something else. If it's not, if it's in your contract, you can't do that. And again, the reason why I say, look, it, this is not about the Cowboys being uh, gifted something because ultimately the Cowboys would have been able to play this if they announced the proper number who was eligible. The Cowboys were prepared. But you could see Damone Clark in this pointing at the line as if to say, okay, that's the guy who they declared eligible. But it does not help anybody in this situation. The Cowboys were not able to properly handle this because the the rather the referees did not properly el- uh, announce who was eligible. And so what you have is people taken out of the game for the procedure. And I think ultimately that's the point that I'm making here is that the procedure is the part that's supposed to run flaw- flawlessly. And we could talk about the game. Now the NFL has us talking about the procedure, which I is agree. a supreme breakdown of what they're totally doing. Totally agree. And again, part of the solution to me is to put them year-round and get the best of the best and make somebody in charge of getting the best of the best. And guess what? You lose something other than just missing playoff opportunities if you're not good. They're graded on a, they're graded very well, but they got to do more than what they're doing right now. And again, the, the Lions are trying to pull a fast one, and the refs either forgot about it or they decided not to be a part of it, one or the other. They were trying to pull a fast one. You can look it all up. Seriously, I'm talking about all the listeners. Look it up. That's why they put out the film. And that film is available on all the social media right now. It's the Get Right Right here on 105.3 The Fan. Appreciate you rocking with myself, Reginald Atula, and the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold on this evening. Your stars, unfortunately, down 3-1 to one at the AAC to the Canadians. Uh, not looking great right now, but hopefully some scoring can get going here in the second period. Uh, coming up next... The Mavs team kind of got whole. We were able to see some players return from injury. However, they took a big loss in Utah. How? Mm. We'll discuss it next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. So get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Atatula here with you alongside the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. Gotcha, Thanks for rocking with us here on a Tuesday evening. Um, your stars in action. They are currently down to the Montreal Montreal Canadiens 3-1 to one, um, at the AAC. Um, but their, their counterparts that also are home or call their home the AAC, the Dallas Mavericks, um, they had a little bit of a rough December. Chris, uh, they were dealing with a lot of injuries, mm-hmm. and Luka Doncic was out there hooping it up, trying to see that through. Obviously, you had Dante Exum show mm-hmm. up big for you. You had, uh, you know, Derrick Jones Jr. play very well, and the status of players. But in this game uh, that they played last night in Utah and Salt Lake City, you finally see Kyrie Irving return after mm-hmm. a good extended uh, time missed, and he plays in this game. And I'm not gonna lie. I looked at this game. I was like, they might, it might, it might look a little ugly for a little bit, but I anticipate the Mavs winning this. They beat Utah the last time that those two teams played by fifty points, by a lot, fifty, a a a a very very lot. Um, I was wrong. This is a game in which the Utah Jazz ultimately return the favor in a way. They win thirty by thirty seven points, one twenty seven to ninety. Luka Doncic is your leader um, in that one, as he always is. Nineteen points, fourteen assists is what he puts up in this game. Kyrie Irving in his return is, you know, not not a lot of points uh, for what you expect from him, unfortunately. Um, ultimately gives you 14 points, uh, nine rebounds, weirdly enough, from Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily what you expect, but ultimately, and CA, I know you, you're locked in on these Mavericks. How do you get a team that has back to their the starting lineup that they want to have? Now, Grant Williams not in this starting lineup, but you have Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, Dante Exum, Derek Jones Jr., and Derek Lively also back all these guys back in this game but ultimately you lose by such a wide margin and so convincingly to the Utah Jazz couple of things Mavericks going to that game had led the league in road victories quiet as it's kept they mm-hmm. had 11 victories on the road and they had led the league in road victories uh two weeks ago as well here's what's so crazy about that game yeah the Utah Jazz circled the calendar and said they were going to get revenge because they were embarrassed. The coach actually said after the game in Dallas when they lost by 50, that was a dog s game. Yep, that's Will Hardy, the coach of the uh-huh. uh, Utah Jazz. And he said this is a, you know, and so they circled the calendar. Utah is not a terrible team. They just started slow, but they had just beat Miami. And they were saying we're going to prove something to the Mavericks. Mavericks started off like things were going to be okay. And then Dante Exum, he only played, I think, a quarter mm-hmm. when he went out with an 
a heel contusion. Yeah. And he really wanted to do something. This was Jason Kidd's dream to start these three guards. He, he said, you know what, Dante Exum, bring something to this team. And until we get more depth behind uh, Derek Lively, I'm going to start these games with a fast break up tempo with Luca, Kyrie, and Dante Exum. Exum got hurt early. And then, lo and behold, Tim Hardaway Jr. could not buy a three for nothing. I think he was 0 for 8. And at one point, the Mavericks were trying to play it close. They were behind 0 for 6. Mm -hmm. It's still 0 for. Yeah, it's a lot. And you know, Tim, Tim ain't going to pass the ball for nothing. Green light means green light. Lord have mercy. Tim was just jacking them up. Shoot or shoot. So, by the time you got to the second half, uh, it was like Utah was – Mavericks playing it close, but Utah was like, they kept getting their own rebound and putting the ball back in. And by the time you started the end of the third quarter, the start of the fourth, it was becoming a blowout. And Jason Kidd said, look, he he benched everybody. Yeah. And had the back of the bench in, which allowed that score to blow up to 37 yes. points. And again, Kyrie looked like Kyrie, but one thing happened, I knew they were going to win this game. Kyrie never misses free throws in the fourth quarter. As a Dallas Maverick, he had only missed one free throw. We're talking about since last February in the fourth quarter. He missed a free throw out of the blue. I was like, oh, hell, they're not going to win this game. That's a, that's a sign right there. As for Luka, Luka started off fast in the first half, and then he started bricking threes like he was Tim Hardaway Jr. One thing about Luka. <laughs> that's so mean. It's, it's so mean, but that's true. Just look at just, If you had to watch the game, I was watching. I was like, this is a damn shame. Here's, here's what's so sad. Throw this one away. Luca gave Utah credit. He wasn't even mad at the refs. He said uh, Utah earned the game. The the thing about Luca is as bad as December was for the Mavericks as far as they couldn't get a whole bunch of victories at home, and they didn't continue the the hot hot start that they had in October, November. They still t- stayed in the top six. They were top three until December hit. Here's what's so wild: they're they're nineteen. I want to say they're nineteen and eleven or nineteen and. 14, something like that, 19 and 14. They wanted to have a winning record to, to end the year. And where they are right now, they will now play the next seven games in a row at home. Yes. They don't have an outstanding home record. They have an outstanding road record. So they have a chance to right the ship, sleep in their old beds, and see what happens. The only significant piece that is hurt right now is Dante Exum and Maxi Kleber, who hadn't played in two months. Yeah. Um, now, in this game, uh, a lot of – you mentioned the rebounding differential. That was crazy. Uh, I think it was about 12 mm-hmm. uh, rebounds. And then also turnovers, points off of turnovers, mm-hmm. Utah was able to take advantage of. But the thing that I found very interesting coming out of this, again, Kyrie Irving returning for the first time in quite a bit. Um, and he scores 14 points, pulls down nine rebounds, 32 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the last game he played was December 8th, right? Almost a whole month. Mm-hmm. Brad Townsend of the Dallas Morning News got a really interesting sit down with Kyrie. Oh, it was great. And talking with him about how he felt to get back after more than three weeks. And Kyrie talked about how it was great and everything. Um, but he also talked about how it was an adjustment with the type of injury. He said it was the first time, quote, it was the first time in my career that I've had this type of injury. It was unique. I wasn't sure how long I was going to be out. There was no structural damage, so on and so forth. Um, but then. You know, he really talked about how, like, the, the nature of the injury kind of scared him. Yeah, he said his ankle could have been broken. It could have had torn ligaments. 
And he said it just made you, he said it was throbbing and he couldn't put his shoe on. Mm -hmm. He couldn't sleep at night. And of course that didn't allow him to work on his game for a good 12 days thereabouts. Mm -hmm. And he said it made you you put things in priorities like my career, you know, like, because it was a freak accident. He didn't blame uh, blame Dwight Powell because it was a freak, freak accident. But he was at the same time. He was like, "My daughter's in the stands, and I wanted her to know Daddy's going to be okay." He said, "I went into Daddy mode, right? I want to make sure that she knew that I was okay." He said, "But I could not put weight on that foot. It was crazy." Yeah. The, another interesting quote. Obviously, he was asked. Kyrie was, "Does he feel okay physically now after playing the 32 minutes?" And he said, "It's a mental battle at this point. Mm-hmm. Having some time off. The first time I got uh, my first foul that I got." Uh, there's a there's a Italian guy apparently that plays for Utah. Oh, he's Fontecchio. Yeah, who was knocking down shots. Some crazy man. He was, that was his best game of the year. Apparently, Fontecchio drove directly at Kyrie, and he said Fontecchio came directly at my chest, and it just reminds you that it's all. This is a physical, combative game. So it seems like I don't know how long that'll take, mm-hmm. but Kyrie is also like it, it. I was appreciative that he was very vocal of this because we talk about players come back from injuries. Mm-hmm. There's this mental portion oh, yeah. of it that he was very willing to talk about. It's, I guess it speaks. The, the comfort that Kyrie feels here, but there is a mental part of it that he is he's still overcoming, and I wonder if that also didn't help him, um, or you know that was still a process that he's undergoing in this game versus Utah. And I think at his age, that's very helpful because literally when Derek Lively uh, flipped on his back mm-hmm. earlier this season, he missed the game. I was really concerned about that at at Lively's young age at 19 because he's he's got with bounce, he's above the rim all the time, and I was hoping it would not change his game. It hasn't. But I was concerned because back in the uh, late 2000s, we had an all-star named Josh Howard. Yes. And Josh Howard used to play above the rim. And in January of one particular year, he got hurt. He went up for a, an alley-oop dunk, and he fell flat on his back, just like Derek Lively. And he never went above the rim again in his career. All he did was jump shots after that. He never went above the rim. And I was like, oh, Lord, I was worried about Derek Lively. So to hear Kyrie in this interview with Brad Townsend, post-game, or I think he was sitting at the table and talking to all the different reporters, but mm-hmm. it wasn't that many on the Mavericks road trip. New Year's Day, come on. Yeah, think about it. In, in Salt Lake City. Yeah, it was basically one-on-one. point I'm trying to make is I'm glad Kyrie mentioned the mental part about it because those guys are above the rim. It's like psychologically there are things that happen in basketball. Like there was a kid. Played uh, for the I was I was at the Orlando Magic with Shaq and and Penny took Orlando to the finals against Houston. Mm-hmm. I forget dude's name. Dude missed free throws at the end of the game. Could never make another free throw. Oh, is it Nick Anderson? Nick that? Anderson. Okay. Yes. I was like, Nick Anderson used to be complete player. I was there at that in that building watching him miss those free throws. The whole crowd it sucked the life out of the crowd. That whole series flip. The Rockets won back to back championships. Yeah. And Nick Anderson was never a player again. I mean, he was on teams, but dude could not make a free throw for nothing. Well, I have a I have a hard time thinking that Kyrie Irving will succumb to the mental no. you know challenges of returning from injury. Yeah, he's, he's that good much. now. Oh, there's another Maverick note. I don't know if you heard about this. It came out this afternoon. Mm-hmm. The 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 family that owns the the Sands, the the, Bob, Ad, the Adelson family, the Adelson family, they have just purchased the property across the street from the American Airlines Center, where the Maverick practice facility is located. Mm-hmm. It's more valuable than the property in Irving. This property cost them about $43 million. The one in Addison, I'm not Addison, the one in uh, Irving, Irving, which is right 
right, right next, across from right across from Texas Stadium used to be Texas Stadium. That was like thirty-seven million dollars. It's 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 off of inspiration. It's right in the design district. Mark Cuban has said in the past that if he were to build a new arena, that might be a site. That is not saying that's where he said it was going to be. He said that might be a site. So it's it where, seems like we might not need to be jumping to all these conclusions. It seems like the Adelson family is just trying to get land around these parts, period. Right? Yeah, and, <laughs> and again, Mark Cuban said when he did his uh, his uh, ganger uh, last pre last home game uh, pregame, he was saying, oh, it's going to be in Dallas proper. Well, across the street from American Airlines Center is Dallas proper. I'm not saying that's where it's going to be, but they just brought bought the property, and the value of that property is based upon tax records. Real quick, before and it's we, in morning news. Real quick before we go here, um, mm-hmm. Jaden Hardy was one of those guys that got a lot more minutes in part because of Dante Exum having yeah um, his injury. He ends up put up 17 points. Now he takes 15 shots in this and yeah. six of 15, so it wasn't like an efficient night for him necessarily. He was the only efficient part. Mm-hmm. He made several threes. Yes. And then he started breaking his layups. I was like, come on, Jaden. And, and his little two-point shots. So where do you fall with Jaden Hardy? Is like He's a developmental piece that you really want to see if you can learn something about this season. What does this game tell you in that end, to that end? Um, it tells me he still has some progress to be made. I'm not saying send him down to the G League. He's, he's much better than that. But at the same time, I don't think he's – he's not – he's got a – uh, it's Doc Franco. He yes. writes for D Magazine. He's over in Slovenia. Very, I, very good Mavs. Yeah, writer. and I've, I've corresponded with him when he came into town. We hung out, and he's I'm call him my friend. And he broke down his game about a month ago, comparing it to last year. And he has got to make he's got to follow up on those layups, and he's got to make that too, or else he's not going to be able to get many minutes. And no. it's not about the Mavericks; it's about any team. And I love some Jaden Hardy. Yeah, and I don't know that he personally can exist as just a shooter. I think he needs right. to be able to. That's what that's what Franco was saying. Multi-level score for sure. Yep. Uh, it's, and you know he was saying that uh, he was learning from Kyrie how to finish. That's what he was talking about this offseason. Well, look, man, it's, there's one thing is sometimes just learning from somebody that's really great does not inherently make you very great. Exactly. It, there's the process, and hopefully for Jane Hardy, it comes along for him. Uh, mm-hmm. It's to get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Your Mavs will take the court again tomorrow. The first at the is seven. There you Every go. Every other night. That's Every right. Every other night. First is seven here at home. And Portland. They'll begin, yes, with the Portland Trailblazers. And ironically, they'll play them again on Friday. Portland back to back. Every other night. There you like go. Like a baseball schedule. Yeah, you get a chance to see uh, Anthony Simons, uh, an improved player this year. Mm-hmm. So you see what that looks like. Uh, but it's the get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, what's your favorite record scratch moment? Whether it's a media or with your friends. What was the moment that just made you stop in your tracks? We'll discuss it next on The Fan. So get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Datatuli here with you alongside the three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold. Got you down. Thanks for rocking with us mm-hmm. here on a Tuesday evening here in about uh, 15 minutes. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We will uh, give you some overreactions from Week 17 in the NFL. Talk around what was a pretty fun uh, extended weekend, holiday weekend in the National Football League. Uh, But... 
Right now, um, here on the Get Right, there was a few things uh, yesterday that really felt like record scratch moments to me. That made me <laughs> wonder, what, what, what's your favorite record scratch <laughs> moment? 877-881-1053. Uh, whether it be, you know, TV or whether it was, you know, something that happened amongst you and your friends, let us know. I'm interested in what hits you because uh, there's a couple of things. And I know that you saw at least one of these because I feel like everybody's been talking about one of these. Um, but Watching the you know ESPN's coverage of the college football semi uh, semifinals. Mm-hmm. Now there was the you know college game day, and I'll get to that here in a second. But I kind of want to start with this. Did you see what I saw on um, during? I believe it. Yeah, it was uh, the the Sugar Bowl between Washington and Texas. They were returning from break one of these broadcasts. You know how they do on TV, right? Oh, yeah. They try and, uh, you know, give you atmosphere. A, yeah, get you some atmosphere. So you know exactly where I'm going to. Mm. Um, uh, you get you some atmosphere, let you know the place that it is. So you're not just seeing a field. You get a feel for where it is. Now, of course, the Sugar Bowl is played in New Orleans, Louisiana. And so, hey, man, New Orleans is a picturesque place, a wonderful city. A lot of mm-hmm. people have fun. So let's go out to where the people are, which means they took their cameras to Bourbon Street. <laughs> and as they're doing this, you know, they're getting the almost the standard like walk around the concourse oh, video, yeah. except ESPN's getting you the walk down Bourbon video. And the thing about Bourbon is every once in a while, there's some exposure of, uh, of human skin. Yeah, it happens a lot during Mardi Gras, but also New Year's Eve. Yep, yep, yep. And, and New Year's Day. I was so astonished that, because like, uh, that. okay, I guess I should let you know, right? They're walking down bourbon, and then just one woman is looking up and not at the camera as if she does not see the camera, which I have a hard time to believe because they got these real bright lights with this camera walking mm-hmm. down. And this woman just pulls her shirt down, I guess, in an attempt to get some beads right exactly. in front of the camera. That's what I was thinking. Somebody said, got some beads. And I was like. Wait, did that just happen or did I imagine that? Because, look, I'm not above imagining that, right? But I was just like, how how, how did, what? Well, and, it's so shocking, too, because they have a delay for this exact reason on TV broadcast. Yes. And you would have thought. They didn't catch it? They didn't catch it? My you, thing, you would have thought after the Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake, that they would have made sure that never happens again if it offended so many people. Well, at the very least, you could say that this is this is cable television, so it's a standards practice as opposed to like an FCC violation, mm-hmm. right? But the thing that I thought is, don't they pre-roll all that B-roll stuff? Like I thought they would go out, yeah, they film it, that, and then that they was just live. And then, yeah, I was like, was that live? Because that is somebody just wasn't paying attention. That's a very your bad situation. Mm-hmm. You were gonna put New Orleans, Louisiana, knowing. Not just New Orleans. How about I use that French Quarter Bourbon Street on New Year's Day? Yeah, and you were just gonna put anything that happened on the camera. Yeah, you you got lucky. All you saw was an areola. For real, right? Like that's 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 the least of the things that could have happened. You turned the wrong corner, and so yeah, I was (laughs) I was very surprised. Woo, you could have got an eyeful. Yeah, I was very surprised that that's what happened. Now that was one thing. And by the way, they did issue an apology today. Yes, very very good. I I, I was I was so upset that. uh, a single nipple looked at me in the eye while I was watching it college football. Apparently so. <laughs> Apparently so. It winked at all of us. What? All of us college football lovers. I got to say this real quick. I saw a cartoon. You know they have those editorial cartoons after the Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake halftime thing? <laughs> Little kid was watching TV with his parents. And the kid was saying, and the parents had this shocked look on their face. The kids, was, kids said, I didn't know Janet Jackson was a sheriff. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
that that is that is a little bit of a record scratch moment here on the get right. Uh, I appreciate you bringing that yeah. one uh, to the to the to the television or to the program here. Um, elsewhere around ESPN college football situations, where we talk about record scratches. <laughs> Look, man, this. By this, the way, the Tolos are texting in saying that that, that girl she didn't impress nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like y'all are a little bit uh they what, judging. what are, yeah y'all real judgy y'all strict. <laughs> she was not a professional, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what. Are, let me know what y'all are looking she for because apparently no surgeries. Apparently, there y'all y'all are y'all are not easy to impress. Apparently, y'all just real difficult out here. I per, <laughs> I personally am a, a very appreciative of, of, of just the sight. That's right. That's right. You know, ha- happy just happiness, appreciation. In this new year, that's one of my one of my New Year's resolutions. Let's let's be more appreciative. And I personally was appreciative that ESPN <laughs> made that stupid move. Uh, I also was very appreciative of something that happened on College Game Day. Now Reese mm-hmm. Davis, the College Game Day crew, Pat McAfee's on there now. Desmond mm-hmm. Howard, uh, they, we had uh, Joey Galloway on the yeah. uh, on the set as well. Mm-hmm. And as the you know part of uh, game days, they tell the stories of these players and try and get the emotional investment because yeah, this is the thing. Bars, yeah. There's a lot of people that are in the mm-hmm. sports for the X's and O's and those things, but there's also a significantly larger portion that are here for the human element. And so learning about these players, particularly in college, helps you really you know get to know them and appreciate right. them, especially with if you're not able to cover follow uh, follow college football and know all the different players and all the things that are happening with them. This is a great way for you to get get an investment and know what's happening sure. with them. And so uh, this was a great story that Reese Davis was trying to tell about Alabama's quarterback, Jalen Milrow. And uh, I'll let you hear what it sounded like. Jalen Milrow often wears his own branded apparel reading LANK across the front. It's an acronym that stands for Let a Naysayer Know. Being told by his former offensive coordinator, that Bill O'Brien. That is not O'Brien. what I thought. Is that not what you thought? Boy. Let a naysayer know. Let a naysayer know. Of course. The professional's right in the middle of his <laughs> lead. That's all right. I just keep I thought going. You almost lost me. <laughs> hey, man. Real tight up here, as you were. Reese, you were too smooth with that. I thought it was going down. I thought it was going down out here. Keeping it real. <laughs> I what I find hilarious is that. If you don't know what was intended to be there, I can't really help you. However, it, it's very evident that Reese and the producers who, you know, mm-hmm. were putting together the script understood. We can't say nothing near what the actual meaning is. Or maybe, you, you know what, maybe maybe that was an adjustment made by Jalen Milrow himself, knowing that that was not he a brand. Knew. Right, yeah, we can't really do that. But and like so, this. you know, the, the, moment the detractors. Funny. What is yeah. what what is a synonym for d- detractor? Oh, naysayer. You know what that fits. We're going to put that one in there. All I know is that set had a good time with that because like a lot of comedians know you don't have to curse necessarily, but if you tightrope it, it's also really really funny. So spontaneously, I know head swiveled like you said, a record scratch mark. Ah! Like what? The, what did? What did he just say? Yeah, so Pat McAfee had the record scratch moment. In fact, can you can you play this up to when Pat funny. McAfee comes through? Because the thing that you hear is you hear a moment where you, it's registering for Pat McAfee, mm-hmm. and then also like this is a professional. This is national television, right? Reese Davis in his national television bag. Pat McAfee kind of in his national television bag until his brain is just like, no, I have to say something about this. We're not yeah, going to keep going like he real. didn't just say that. Jalen Milrow often wears his own branded apparel reading LANK across the front. It's an acronym that stands for Let a Naysayer Know. 
being told by his former offensive coordinator, that Bill O'Brien. That is not what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it real. Like he just he, look. That's one of those things where you might look at your look at your co-host and be like, "Did you think that he could not help himself?" The his words had to come real. out. It had to come out because he he was representing a whole segment of the population when he spoke. Yes. Well, all all of those guys like uh, okay. Keeping it real. Locker room. We're gonna be real, real. Mm-hmm. Ca. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Joey Galloway, Desmond Howard, both brothers, mm-hmm. right? And I know what they were going through in that moment. I believe mm-hmm. I know. Tell me if I'm right in this. Mm-hmm. For one, they weren't going to say anything because they were just going to give the, each other a look. Like, did you hear that? Because mm-hmm. I heard that. And then when Pat McAfee said that, I was like, oh, we could talk about it? All right, let's talk about it. And you hear Joey Galloway say, I thought it was about to go down. And the way that I heard that was they were afraid. You've seen New Jack City, right? Of course. Where um, where you have Wesley Snipes' character uh-huh. had to pull up that gun on, yep. a, on, a, on a beloved character. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the way that they felt. They were like, oh, man, Reese, it was so nice working with you. I don't want to have to. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to have to. He's about to go there. He don't know no better. Yeah, and I, I don't want to have to see you leave or have to throw you out myself. And they were like, okay, right. he didn't. He Woo! didn't. Woo! It's funny. <laughs> They, was, thought, they thought it was about to be problems. There was a moment close like that. Not close like that, but it was, it's somewhat similar. Back in the day, we were doing G-Bag at night. And, uh, oh, we G-Bag talk, at night was something. It was Buck Wild. It was me, Lucius, Gavin, and Jeff. And we were talking about defenses, packages, dime packages. Mm-hmm. And somebody was insisting if we had a nickel package, that's what it would have won. And that's close. No, 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 no. What I said cracked Lucius up, and the audience did too, and, the, and the, all the Tolos. It kept saying, "No, if we forget a dime, we should have stayed in the nickel package." And I said, "Nickel, please." <laughs> <laughs> Everybody fell out laughing. Oh man, yeah, I was I was talking with a homie about this, and he was like, "I mean, what if he had used the word that was closer?" And I was like, "If he'd used the word that was closer, it would have been there. There wouldn't have been." As quickly a recognition that right. he was not going down that path, right? And one of them might have jumped over the table. Mm-hmm. They would have already been there before he realized. Oh wait, no, you you good? You didn't say. Yeah, yeah. You didn't say <laughs> Close the thing. But no cigar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was supposed. Yeah. It's just supposed to be a wink and a nod, as opposed to <laughs> certain certain words like I don't know if he were. I don't know. Maybe something like ninja, right? Like there's just it's <laughs> yeah, too close. There's way. It's too close. Now it feels like malice. Tolo in the nine seven two said, "Bruh, let a naysayer know." That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's all you have to do. And so yeah, that that was those were the record scratch moments for me mm-hmm. of the weekend. And I feel like everybody just people have gone very far, gone on, gone into this just everywhere, right? <laughs> Naysayers with attitude, yeah, just all of it. Oh yeah, yeah. We, go we down done, the list. We done gone. We done gone through <laughs> all new, of those. That's the new N word. That's right. Apparently Naysayer. so. Um, don't get too comfortable with it. Let me tell you though, because everybody's up, right? Everybody's <laughs> up on it. So yes, got yes, na- yes. Got a, got a naysayer card. No, no, I, don't, I don't know where they print those at. I'm going to tell you that. Uh, I, look, you may think you have a card, but if it's not accepted wherever the establishment exactly. that you're at, you have to accept the responsibilities Wanna of that Want to get one. away? From the 601, someone told me you uh, you have to say naysayer without, uh, with a soft R. I don't know. Be careful. <laughs> I'm just going to say. Naysayer. Be, be, be very careful with all of that. But no, that was... Those were some fun and lighthearted moments. I appreciate oh, yeah. when we can have fun with all that's of that. Right. And look, that's one of, the the things I, one of the things I love about college football is that mm-hmm. it can be serious, but it can also very much be not taken seriously at all. And so those are some of the fun moments. Yesterday, 
And it's the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Uh, Coming up next, let's get into some observations from Week 17 in the National Football League. Is this team the best team in the league? We'll discuss it next on The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.